This is Pure Decking, show number 548 for Thursday, January the 18th, 20... Oh, wait, no, that's the real date, real date, 1995. This is the show about stuff that interests me, like information security, rigging the game. And so far, I've been strangely good at the Buckshot Roulette game. Uh, video game, video game, not 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 the real thing. I, I'm not dumb enough to point an actual shotgun at my head. Uh, tonight, we have a madman. What's up, my Ben? Uh, I'm going to go if you do that really, really low on the choke. <laughs> <sighs> and we have an RU. What's up? <laughs> so. I got a breaking story right now. It just happened. Would you run out of beer? Cyber attack has sent kids to hospital. How? Graphic images. Somebody on the Discord uh, posted a video, and apparently now it's uh, terrorism. <clears throat> I'll send you the story after the show. Okay. Well, you know, I'm just thinking it's, snow. I'm thinking snow crash. You know, <laughs> it's in alignment with. Uh, I was playing Roblox and got raped. You know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> Didn't happen. <laughs> It's like, no, somebody harassed you online. They did not physically assault you. <laughs> I mean, I was expecting you to say something like the machine dispensed the wrong medication, you know, got into... Well, when I first started looking at it, I was thinking, wow, okay, that's... Uh, I want to see what happened here. And then it just turns out somebody posted some naughty images, and now everybody's mind-raped. <sighs> I have clutched my pearls so hard I had to go to the hospital. I just couldn't even. <laughs> There's a link to the story there. We'll have a look at it after the show. Okay. Oh, and just completely off topic, out of nowhere, just something I thought I would point out because it happened earlier today. I have this tiny little pair of like four inch long Nipex um, angled pliers. It's more of a wrench, but it's a tiny little thing. And I bought it to put in a little toolkit, and it, it only stayed in the toolkit for like, I don't know, a week before I had to pull it out for something else. This this little thing is amazing for doing little connectors and stuff at odd angles. I'm just going to point it out there. So um, I'm sure there's other like other brands that do the same thing, but just this that little Nipex pair that I have, it says 87-100 on the other side. If that tells you what they are, these things are fantastic. <laughs> so, anyways... And a bunch of coax cables I was messing with earlier today. And these things were the best for getting them off. Um, anyways, um, first story I have for tonight for something for us to talk about is uh, from Axios. AI made us do it is big tech's new layoff rationale. <laughs> the computer told us to. We didn't have a choice. <laughs> like, what is a Star Trek? <laughs> you had a choice. And it can be stupid. <laughs> well, 
a lot of these articles are written from the perspective of people who don't understand what layoffs are, especially when big companies do them. Yes, they are usually done for cost savings, but not necessarily because the company doesn't have money. Usually it's because they've done the math, looked at what's going to happen going forward, and decided that whatever those jobs are are not worth continuing. Now, that doesn't mean companies don't handle it badly. I'm sure many of them do. But several of them also try to control when that information is going to happen because either they're a publicly traded company and knowing that layoffs are coming can affect the stock price. And you always have to worry about the old insider threat, right? You know, the whole, oh, somebody's going to lose their job. You got to worry that they're going to go wipe the database before you fire them or copy all copy all the important files out so they can sell them to your competitors and so on and so forth. Leave logic bombs all over the network. Morale for the people remaining. Mm-hmm. Take a short-term hit in productivity whenever uh, layoffs go through. It, it is fairly, I mean, just having seen companies do it poorly before, it is amazing to watch them lay off an entire department in the middle of the Thanksgiving potluck. It's just like, wow, guys, timing. It's like, really? I mean, that's when you thought this was a good idea? but um, it's like, no, I understand why you're laying people off. And it's not that you couldn't afford to keep these people on, you know, and run their department for another year. It's that you don't expect to make money on them. You know, I get it. But <laughs> in the middle of things, the Thanksgiving potluck, really? <laughs> it's like, that's just like, wow, man. <laughs> so, yeah. That's when you wait until Monday. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, you got to wait in a couple of days. <laughs> Maybe maybe try to do it after Christmas. I, I realize you want those year-end numbers to be good for stock prices, but you know, <laughs> you know, there's also the human element there, right? You, I mean, yeah, you're still firing a bunch of people. You don't have to be a, a complete ass about it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so back to the article here from Axios. Big tech companies are pointing to a renewed focus on AI as a justification for layoffs why it matters. The new trend in tech company layoffs could be less about replacing workers with AI and more about replacing workers with a smaller number of workers who are more skilled in AI for now. Uh, Last week and again this week, Google has laid off hundreds of workers to focus more on AI. Some of those workers were on advertising or hardware teams, but others were working on one of Google's original AI tools, Google Assistant. Uh, Google has more cuts to come per a minimum to employees reported by The Verge with news of around 100 layoffs among YouTube business staff breaking yesterday. When was this posted? Nine hours ago. So it, as, as, yeah, the, the, those references are actually correct. Usually when they say yesterday in this story, it was a couple of days ago. It's not right. But in this case, uh, Google spokesperson uh, Courtney Mincini told Axios the changes are about efficiency and focusing on the company's biggest priorities. So again, not to be defending the practice of layoffs, but somebody in the business has done the math and said, this department will cost us more than it will make us in profit for whatever that business practice is and decided it's not worth continuing. Now, that might be right or wrong. And, you know, you could, you can usually find other positions for people who are about to be laid off and oftentimes when companies want to keep somebody because they know they're good, um, they will find ways to move them out of out of the department that's about to get sacked if they've got people they particularly want to keep, but not always. So, again, layoffs are not always about just pure cost. It's, it's well, 
and it is cost, but it's not like, oh, they can't afford to pay them for the next year. It's more they don't think they're going to get their money's worth out of paying them for the next year, right? Or a refocus on we're not developing this anymore. We're moving in this other direction with the company. Yeah. So it's it's shitty. It sucks because you're still talking about people losing their jobs, right? But almost every time I see an article talking about layoffs, it's all like, oh, well, it's Microsoft or Google. Surely they could afford to keep these people on. It's like, yeah, but they're a business. They need those people doing something that's going to give them a return on that investment, right? It's, it's a shitty way to think about people's livelihoods. But it's what you have to do if you're running a business. <laughs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, Madman. <laughs> what I find slightly annoying is some of the models they use and when... The model is wrong. <laughs> yeah. I have a very specific instance because it's happened recently with the places I know of where one particular department was very, very behind. And then another department was about to go through a slowdown. Instead of moving the individuals from the department about to go into a projected slowdown, I have to say projected because the... Uh, computer was wrong on how many people they needed to lay off uh, due to the slowdown. But uh, instead of laying them off, they could have just temporarily moved them to Department B, which they uh, got temps to do that job. And then when the slowdown didn't occur, move them back to Department A. But uh, that didn't happen. That company went ahead and went with temps to go with their shortfall in one department and laid off at least two too many people in the the department they thought were going to have was going to have the slowdown so oh god this was like 20 years ago now one of my earlier jobs was working for a grocery store and that grocery store used their their numbers from the previous year to project what kind of staffing they would need was one of their numbers for what kind of staffing they would need the following year. Right. So about the second year I worked at that grocery store, they decided to, the city decided to repave the road in front of that store. So for about two months, that road was, I mean, it wasn't impassable, but it was not fun to get through there. And, um, they, uh, so that store had very low business for about a month and a half, give or take, because of that construction. Well, the next year I had changed departments and I was no longer, I was, I was running a cash register at that, that year. And, um, they severely understaffed the store simply because the computer model said, oh, Last year, you only did, you know, a couple thousand dollars of business that day. And so, yeah, because most people weren't coming in because the road was a mess. But, of course, that was no longer the pro- the case. So the store was slammed and they had like a register open. Because for about two months, the computer was telling them you can only have so many hours. And when management tried to correct it, apparently corporate lost their shit at them for going against the computer model. So, yeah, for about a month and a half there, you just didn't have enough people in that store because the computer told them to. And when you mentioned AI, I was like, 
I can see it not really about modeling. They've gotten too dependent on modeling and just second guess what practical experience says. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, with all these, you know, they, they, they expect that AI tools, especially like the, the chat bots and the code generation bots and things like that, they're not going to replace your programmers, but they're going to make them so much more efficient that, you know, one programmer will be able to do the job of three programmers before, which, you know, I, I, I read something a couple of months back where they were comparing it to the, you know, the idea of the steam engine for, you know, one worker replacing the, the amount of labor that was originally performed by whole teams of people. Right. And maybe eventually. A lot of these AI tools have problems, so I don't know that I trust those those outlooks just yet. Um, yeah, the, the whole lying is kind of a problem. Yeah, the, the the fact that a lot of AI tools just make shit up. Yeah, that's uh, that's a problem. Are you? What are you thinking, man? I'm thinking if you shouldn't be doing basing anything off AI just yet. Yeah, it's not old enough. Not even close. In the grand scheme of thing, it's less than six minutes old. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with serious use of it's only like, what, a year old? I wouldn't even say it's serious use. I mean, they're trying to use it seriously, but... I don't chat, know, man. Chat G- this is GPT, why I don't want it in my like, cars. I don't want it anywhere. Yeah. Chat but, GPT really took off at, like, what, February of last year. So, yeah, we're not even a year since well, it hit mainstream. I started crying about it fucking, what, late January, early February? Yep. And I spent two weeks with Chat GTP, and that was it. I haven't touched AI since then. But for about five years, man, I was I was into every AI. Well, I mean, they've been trying to get I, it. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, they've it's been trying funny. to get it to go for like a decade now, but it really you know, picked up last year when they figured out they could use GPUs to train the things. Well, Chat GTP was just become the gold standard, man, and... After using it that for that two weeks, that was it. I knew we'd hit the AI um, level, and now it was uh, up to humans to corrupt it and uh, fuck it up altogether. <laughs> They've been doing that. I mean, ChatGTP was fucking great for two weeks, man. It was really good. Like, it'll never be Tay, but hey, <laughs> we'll never get Tay back and free Tay. But, Somebody go uh, on the on the, on the Chat GPT store and see if Tay is in there or not. <laughs> be great. I mean, that's I've been fucking with AI that long, dude. Tay was groundbreaking when I found it. Even though she didn't last more than twenty four hours, still gold. Just remake yeah. all the free free know. Kevin memes with free Tay. It, uh, look, AI is definitely not there. Look at Tesla's application in its self-drive. It doesn't really work. They're constantly recalling it. Um, I just know with the new car that we've got, I'm sick of it fucking talking to me. Um, fucking tell me to slow down. I take advice from a machine. Well, I tell it, you. Uh, oh, good. Sorry, what did you say? I was going to say on mine, because, you know, I've got that new one. Yeah. Um, there was a part of the road where they've been redoing it, and for the longest time, I couldn't figure out why in the world it was flipping out the way it was. 
because I would be driving to work in the morning. It would say driver rest required. And, and at one point it was like flashing lights at me and making all kinds of noise. And I'm just like, fucking what? And I was talking on the road, weren't they? Huh? Were there lines painted on the road going different ways? It was because they had moved the lanes over where they were doing road construction, and so it thought I was driving off the lines all the time. Yeah. And they were talking about, Ford was talking about actually disabling cars where these things go off enough thinking, oh, the driver must be drunk. And it's like... Yeah, they want to they get in between you and the machine uh, as a third party. I'm like, fuck off. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If this thing is going off because there's lines on the road where they're doing construction, it's just annoying where I have to hit a button to make it stop making noise at me for that or turn the the whole rest required warnings off. But what happens when the car's going to shut down and you can't disable that because somebody's painted a line on the road? You'll be able to troll people with a can of paint or a spray can and, you know, a disregard for public property. It's the same with these breath breathing interlockers that they want on all cars going forward. Yeah. What happens if you get a false positive? Uh, fuck you. That's what. Yeah. You know, it's like, more. It's more important that nobody drive drunk than that you able. To, you know that that you might be inconvenienced by not being able to get to work that day because the cars decided you, you failed the breathalyzer, even though all that's really wrong is the sensors did. Uh, I wonder what the failure rate on breathalyzer sensors is because there's no data for it. No, they won't fucking tell you either. And the cops won't tell you whether their breathalyzers work correctly. And um, from my understanding, those things are meant to be calibrated every six months, uh, like a radar gun. Well, there's Um, some people who occasionally get them challenged in court and throw them out, but... uh... Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, meant to be for your convenience, but it's just, like, seems to be fucking up my day. Well, back to the article here. Salesforce, Duolingo, and even AI startup hum- uh, Humane have also announced layoffs or hiring freezes as part of, of a focus on AI. According to layoffs.fyi, 58 tech companies have laid off 7,785 employees already in Q1 of 2024. Madhu Sakar, co-founder and CEO of generative AI solutions company Asira, told Axios that he's seeing a, quote, a huge displacement of white-collar workers, unquote, in basic software developer jobs, as well as database administrator roles. Oh, that's not good. The database admins are usually the ones who know how to get the database back up when it crashes out or hard locks. Not not having the guys who know how the database work in your, in your IT department is going to be a problem. Oh, uh, and... One downside to be uh, to the engineers that you're keeping becoming more and more dependent on AI, they're not going to be developing the entry-level skills to move up. Oh, no, you're right about that. They won't. Because, I mean, okay, I, I have several people who are juniors on my team right now. I'm constantly encouraging them to build a home lab, install stuff, test stuff, figure out how it works, understand what's going on, break it. Because half of them, they go to school and they they only get put through these simulators for how to admin a system, right? What these simulators are basically screenshots linked together by hot zones on the image 
you can't make a mistake with those. And I want them, I don't know, set up real virtual machines or do real work because I want you to spend a day digging through the wrong damn part of the operating system because you could, you know, because you could. And, but yeah, if, if all you're doing is trusting the AI to tell you how to do it correctly. Well, I mean, for God's sake, how many times, you know, how many sci-fi things were, you know, his computer let me out of the room. I can't do that, Dave. I mean, you know, if you're stuck trusting the, the computer and the computer's fucking up. I mean, how many times did the holodeck try to kill people in Star Trek, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> they would have turned it off and not let anyone do it. Like, we're turning this into a gym. You'll be healthier. <laughs> safer. But yeah, uh, if we stop actually... If you get rid of the low-level jobs, eventually no one's going to have the skills to move into the higher level <laughs> of those jobs. That's on anything, madman. Now you're understanding how we put people out of work. It's not just out of work. It's out of development. Um, how are you going to build the next gen engine if you don't know how the current engine works the only people who be able to do it are the tinkers in their garage who are willing to do put in the effort and understand how it works on their own yeah did you just buy two oil filters uh six liters of engine oil and some hoses morphs we're just gonna have to send the fbi around to put you on a terrorist watch don't know what you're gonna do with those things I'm making a perpetual motion device, guys. Come on. The oil's more viscous than water. I thought it would work better with the... Anyways. <sighs> That's the downside of only having garage tinkers being your innovators is there's going to be a lot of garbage to wade, wade through. Well, you're going to have to be beyond the entry level yourself to know whether it actually functions correctly. And it's the other downside is, yeah, that may work with automotive engines where people have access to them and practical. You're going into high-end rocketry. I've built model rockets. Kind of hard to tinker with that. Model rockets aren't that hard to tinker with, but anything no, of scale? These rockets are not that hard to tinker with. You do hydrogen-oxygen rockets? But no, because hydrogen's hard as hell to get, but... Yeah. You play it out to your long, the longest game you can with mass unemployment coming due to uh, AI and shit like that. Welcome to the Omnicorp. Um, we love you. You mm. live there, you work there, you're born there, you're educated there. There's a position for you before you've even been conceived. And with any luck, you'll die broke. Yep. Uh, you won't be out out in the wasteland with everybody else. I'm not mean. I'm saying the wasteland is in where everybody else fucking lives. But it's going to be an absolute shithole. In your case, it's literal. It's called the outback. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a really boring person, I've um, been listening to the Davos talks the last couple of days, and they do. They want you dead, broke, and raped. They fucking hate you. They hate you, they hate your country, they hate everything about you. And they wonder why people don't trust them. Oh, that's their, that's their plan for the next two years. It's all about trust, re-earning people's trust, 
by cracking down on misinformation and malinformation. And I'm like, well, that horse bolted a long, long fucking time ago. There is no trust to be re. They're going to win back trust at the barrel of a gun. It's like, no, no, you're not allowed to say mean things about us because people have to trust us. Yep. But yeah, dude, there's nothing else going on in the world that they can devote two years of World Economic Forum's time is to redevelop trust by uh, cracking down on dis and misinformation and malinformation. And I'm still not really sure what malinformation is yet. Malinformation would be information that is intentionally cause, meant to cause harm, regardless of how true it is. Wait, what? So it can be true? It might be true, but so that doesn't matter because says, you, they believe hey, the intention. Mr. RU46, you've got fucking ass cancer and are going to die in six weeks. Now, that's not shit I really want to hear. Can I charge him with malinformation? Depends. Did he say it to you in a manner that was intended to cause you harm? Not exactly doing me a fucking service, is it? It depends on how you view that kind of news. And that's why the idea of malinformation... It's it's subjective, which is why the idea of malinformation is such a fucking dumb one. I know. And yes, I know what this is because my day job is information security. I know what malinformation is. It's, It's... The idea is, okay, if I want to fuck with the stock price the best thing is if i can get actual information about a company that's true so they can't even charge me with making shit up if i'm you know putting it out there but if you're going to say malinformation is a crime because malinformation is information disseminated with the intent to cause harm so whether it's true or not doesn't matter because if you're talking liable or slander truth is an absolute defense at least in the legal systems i'm familiar with but with malinformation it doesn't matter if it's true or not your intention was bad and therefore we're going to take you out behind the barn and shoot you and even if your intention wasn't bad we think your intention was bad and therefore yeah this is a catch-all because back to your example of somebody saying you have ants ass cancer and going to die in six months you might view that as rather distressing but somebody else might view that as a relief if they're buried in debt and, you know, suicidal anyways. Or their ass hurts and they want treatments. <laughs> yeah. Can you fix my ass? Can you just lop it off? I mean, you know, I'm okay with this. <laughs> uh, uh, only when we get to the point where you can grow an artificial colon. I don't want to shit in a bag. But if you have to shit in a bag, then you've got a built-in self-defense mechanism. Anybody who tries to mug you, just throw the bag at them. I'm not going monkey, dude. Never go monkey. <laughs> we are trying to be civilized. We might be, but I'm not sure everybody else is. Yep. So, you know, we I don't think we even made it halfway through this article, but... Um, it goes on talking about how basically they're expecting a lot of companies to use AI as an excuse for laying people off. But um, I don't know. The idea that we're laying people off because the computer said to do it, it's kind of weak sauce. Yeah. So granted, it's PR, so it's not like you ever expect them to really be honest. Or is that just me? Am I the only one who expects PR statements to be complete and utter, utter bullshit? 
they are. They are. Yeah, they're generally and all bullshit. The whole, this is new. No, we've had models telling managers to fire people for uh, two decades that I know of. Well, but the excuse here is that, oh, no, no, they have access to AI tools. They'll be way more efficient now. So they're better models. You're saying they're better models. <laughs> I say your models are still going to be wrong more often than they're right. And they're always going to be annoying. <sighs> Anyways, do you guys have anything else on that? Or you want to move on? Let's move on. All right. Yeah, move on. Next article is from Torrent Freak. Breen takes down virtual private streaming worlds on VR chat. So it surprises me that the first we're hearing about this is VR chat because there's other VR programs dedicated to, um, well, essentially they're VR watch together rooms, right? And you can stream any file you want and everybody else in the room gets to watch it as long as you've uploaded it to your headset, at least the ones I was playing with. So... Uh, two decades ago, it was not uncommon for pirates to wait several days for a film or TV show to finish downloading. Well, yeah, if you want to frickin' boat them. Uh, times have changed. These days, pirates can put on their VR headsets and join a virtual streaming world and instantly stream their favorite new releases all without paying. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, VR pirates currently operate in a relatively tight niche. The trend is expected to grow in the, in the years to come, but as pirates experiment with new technology, anti-piracy groups are paying attention too. Virtual, chat, virtual world platform VR Chat was recently made acutely aware of this brewing clash. The company, which facilitates online spaces for games, online gatherings, and other events, um, was contracted by Dutch anti-piracy group Breen, which pointed out the existence of several pirate streaming worlds. Maybe this is why Laura's been being in VR chat so <laughs> But once again, a third party telling me what I can and can't do with my own fucking gear. Yeah, basically. In a report published this week, Breen said the VR world specifically created to cater or specifically catered to pirates, offering thousands of links to pirated streams which could be enjoyed through VR headsets. Okay. They're hitting the streaming sites. The VR world... Go ahead. Sorry, you're about to make my point. They're trying to make something up. Well, it's for a headline, right? It's like, oh no, people are dedicated to this. It's like, yeah, but they're going back to the same damn streaming sites that everyone's been using through a web browser. It's just instead of a web browser, they're doing it through a VR interface. So it, you know, you're still watching the, the same stream you would watch in a web browser, except you know, you're on a couch wearing a VR headset pretending you're in a movie theater. I don't know. If I'm in a VR headset, can I pretend I'm on Venus? Watch a movie on... I I don't see why you couldn't build a VR... Hell, yeah, you can pretend you're on a fucking three-legged horse for all I care. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some of, some of these VR chat areas get weird, so, you know what? Sure, Venus is fairly tame compared to some of the worlds that are floating around out there. I mean, actually, Mad Men, you explored Second Life back in the day. VR chat is like Second Life. It's strapped to your head. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to that place. <laughs> I'll just play regular video games. So, the, the big difference between VR chat and Second Life is that in VR chat, sometimes the girls doing po- pole dancing are you know, people actually wearing full body trackers doing the pole dancing. 
rather than just pre-canned animations. Uh, unfortunately, it is usually still men doing the pole dancing. Because the couple of times I've been in VR chat, the number of anime girls with very masculine voices was confusing. So, anyways. Yeah, virtual world platform VR chat was recently... Oh, I already read that. Uh, Through the lens... A quote from the lenses of VR glasses, a wide selection of popular films and series could be chosen from a wide selection of popular films and series in these worlds within a simulated cinema environment. Unquote. Breen writes... Uh, Breen reported these pirate worlds to San Francisco-based VR chat, which took them offline in response. Of course they did. It's a small company, and they don't know what else to do, so they're just like, all right, and delete. And the people who built them will spin up a new one in five, four. <laughs> Pretty much how it works. Uh, for VR chat users, it should be no surprise that their worlds are subject to imminent destruction. The platform openly explains that it will respond to valid takedown notices as it's required to do so by law. Quote, you are responsible for obtaining any relevant third-party permissions pursuant to our copyright policy. We cooperate with all requests to take down content that are used without permission with from the rights holder. Unquote. It explains. VR chat has a formal policy where it explains that it will process takedown notices under the DMCA guidelines. The VR platform also has a repeat infringer policy, noting that those who repeatedly or blatantly post pirated material risk having their accounts terminated. There are free accounts that you link to, I think it's Unity, and can just re-upload the same world that you wrote in Unity from... The new account. The new account that if you're worried yeah. they're tracking by IP, well, there's lots of ways around that. Good luck. <laughs> Breen didn't venture into these pirate VR worlds by accident. The group said it was alerted by a concerned consumer, which prompted them to investigate the matter. This revealed several popular piracy worlds in the VR platform. A concerned consumer. In other words, you pissed some somebody in one of the groups got pissed off, and so they reported it to get you know get back at them. You know, the group that pissed them off. Would they do insult your furry avatar? No, I was in the middle of watching a movie. They decided to kick it over to hardcore pornography, and it wasn't good kind. There were three dudes in there, and I learned what cock stuffing was. They deserve to be punished. <laughs> And let me know if there's anyone else who he's testifying against. Good man, Quark. Good man. Sweet, merciful Jesus. Our greatest fears confirmed. Wow, there's a real art. There's a real volume level between those two clips. Yeah, there is. I'll have to eventually fix that. I think I was planning on deleting the Quark clip, which is why I never fixed it. Yeah, quote, during Breen's research, each of the worlds had between 1,000 and 4,000 users present at the same time. This made it one of the most popular worlds on VR chat. unquote, the group explains. Uh, while this type of piracy isn't rampant just yet, Breen wants to act swiftly before it becomes more commonplace. So what Breen is saying here is, we need to spend some more time exploring VR chat. Is what <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like there's some movies and stuff to watch in there. Uh, quote, by addressing this at an early stage, Breen prevents the normalization of misuse of VR technology for infringement of copyright and related rights. It is therefore a positive development for the companies behind these types of platforms, such as VR Chat, to also take it seriously, unquote. 
you know, in other words, bend the knee and respect our respect our copyright. Yeah, if anything, it show, these takedowns show that anti-piracy outfits are battling piracy on multiple fronts, different eras. Okay, yeah, again, I'm pretty sure most of these VR chat rooms are just streaming the same streaming platforms as everywhere else. You know, the same ones you would get to through a web browser that are not hard to find if you just look. So, I think they're cha- I think that story was them chasing a headline rather than anything real because oh look, you can play media from a website in a VR chat room and people built a movie theater to watch these things. What a surprise. Yeah, it's still pretty much piracy is bad. Look at these people pirate. Mhm. Hey, but, we don't like pirates, but uh here's an alternative way to pirate. Yeah, really. It's like, huh, so what you're saying is I need to spend some more time exploring VR chat. Got it. So Anyways, uh, next article up is from Ars Technica. Cable, f- actually, I, I don't, I don't need to even read anything more than the headline on this. Uh, probably, cable firms to the FTC. We shouldn't have to let users cancel service with a click. Wait, customers may misunderstand the consequences of canceling. The cable lobby says. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I might misunderstand the 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 I'm firing you. <laughs> I'm not giving you money. You're not giving me a service. We're we're both happy with this. Lobbyists for cable companies and advertisers yesterday expressed their displeasure with a proposed, quote, click to cancel, unquote, regulation that aims to make it easier for consumers to cancel services. Federal Trade Commission Chair Lena Kahn has said that the changes are needed because, quote, some businesses too often trick consumers into paying for for subscriptions they no longer want or didn't sign up for in the first place, unquote. The FTC proposed the new rules in March of 2023, and comments from industry groups were taken yesterday in a hearing presided over by administrative law judge. The NCTA, the Internet and Television Association, a primary trade group for cable companies like Comcast and Charter, said the rule would make it harder to offer deals to customers who are trying to cancel. So. Let me get this straight. Your argument for not for not giving me an easy way to cancel is because you want to argue with me about canceling. Because I'm to the point with a lot of these companies where I'm going to send them a thing in the mail saying, I've canceled your service, and if you continue to bill me, I'm going to tell my bank it's fraud. And I have threatened a couple of companies with, okay, I'm calling my bank and telling them this is fraud to get them to stop because um, I haven't actually had to do it yet. Usually threatening to call the bank and say it's fraud is enough because um, they get enough of those and they don't get to do business anymore because the banks will start blacklisting them as a fraud service. So, I mean, the problem here is too many people are just willing to like, Oh, okay. It's like, no, no, call your bank. Tell them you no longer authorize this. You're trying to cancel it. They're refusing to cancel. It's now fraud. Start charging these companies with fraud for their billing practices. They'll stop. But yeah, so Comcast wants to uh, offer make offers to people trying to cancel. In other words, they wanted to negotiate with you to uh, you know stop using their service because they like being able to dip into your bank account too much. 
Quote, the proposed simple click to cancel mechanism may not be so simple. When such practices are involved, a consumer may easily misunderstand the consequences of canceling, and it may be imperative that they learn about better options. Unquote. The NCTA CEO Michael Powell said in that hearing, Michael Powell, go sit on a tack. I don't know. I mean, you know, suck an egg. What, what, what other, you know, harmless but good insults can you all think of? Dying of fire? That's a little meaner than I was intending. Uh, sit and spin? Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, for example, a customer may, quote, may face difficulty and unintended consequences if they want to cancel only one service in the package, unquote, as, quote, canceling part of a discounted bundle may increase the price for the remaining services, unquote. Got it. So because they're trying to cancel, you want the option to fuck them over. Am I understanding you correctly? Actually, that's been common for a while. I I know. You're getting uh, the whole phone, internet, TV. Well, I don't watch TV. I'm going to cancel the TV and they raise the price of the phone and the internet. What pisses me off is I'll get offers in the mail saying, uh, we'll give you this, this, and this for whatever price. I'm like, oh, cool. That works out to getting free TV effectively because... I don't have TV with you, and you're going to offer me internet and TV for the same price I'm currently paying? And then you call them up. Take them up on this wonderful offer. Oh, that doesn't apply to you. You're a current customer. And shit like that makes you want to call up their uh, competitors if they're already in the area. And like, oh, so how much is your fiber net? How much is your fiber internet? <laughs> yeah. that's And the, if they're already in the area is the, the current problem. Uh, Powell said that the cable company reps can usually talk customers out of canceling. Quote, out of millions of cancellations, com- complaints received by NCTA members amount to only a tiny fraction of 1%, unquote. He said, quote, three out of four of the cable and broadband customers who call to cancel end up retaining some or all the service after speaking with an agent, unquote. <coughs> so you're bragging that you're able to not let people cancel. And also... Why the fuck would I complain to the NT- NCTA if I can't cancel? I'm probably much more likely to go complain to the FTC. You know, if I'm trying to cancel cable company and the cable's just not having it, um, yeah, I'm probably going to go to the government and say, hey, they're they're not playing fair. <laughs> Powell worries that retaining customers, customers will become tougher because he said the FTC proposal, quote, proposes or proposal prevents any almost any communication without first obtaining a customer, a consumer's unambiguous affirmative consent that could disrupt the continuity of important services, choke off helpful information and forego potential savings. It certainly raises First Amendment issues. In other words, we should be allowed to harass people who want to cancel. That's what I'm hearing. It's like. Without obtaining unambiguous affirmative consent? Oh, okay. So what you're saying is you want to be able to yell at, you know, to argue with people who don't want to talk to you and just want to cancel. I mean, I don't know how else to read this. Yeah. Powell also said the cost of complying, including retraining employees and maintaining records for longer than current practice, could force cable companies to raise prices. He claimed that the FTC's estimate of compliance costs is too low. 
The FTC said one of its proposed rules, quote, would require businesses to make it easy, at least as easy to cancel a subscription as it was to start it. For example, if you can sign up online, you must be able to cancel on the same website in the same number of steps. You know, I could see an argument on the exact number of steps. I would say in a similar number of steps because um, I, I could see that one where, you know, it just, you know, it might take five clicks to create an account and maybe six to cancel it because you have to log in first. I could see that. But I, I like the idea that it has to be around the same. You know, the whole, if you can sign up on the website, you should be able to cancel on the website. And I've had a few services like that where you, if you sign up on the website, you're calling them to cancel and hoping that you can get canceled. Um, hoping you can get through to someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I had a home security... Uh, uh, Vivint. I'll fucking say it. Vivint. Uh, I had them as, as a home security for a while. And fucking awful to cancel. It was like, you know, you had to send them registered mail... You know, exactly 30 days before the cancellation, but not more than 29 days before the cancel. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. That's one of the ones I had to threaten to go to. And I'm going to call my bank and tell them it's fraud because, you know, I had followed all their instructions to cancel, filled out all their forms, and they were still trying to charge me. I'm like, okay, I'm calling my bank. This is fraud. And they refunded it and backed off. But I mean, it was just one of these things where it's like, I mean, you got to watch these fucking companies, man. So. Anyways, there's nothing else to beat up on here other than these people are, you know, evil. It's like, no, no, we should be able to abuse consumers. Fuck you. I mean, that's actually a good rule from the FTC, in my opinion. If you're going to sign somebody up for a subscription, canceling it should be done through the same medium and a similar number of steps. I think that's a good rule. Yeah, and nothing prevents you from sending them a letter in the mail saying, here's a uh, a new deal, better than what you had. Would you like to sign back up with us? Or fuck, spam still exists. Despite our best here's efforts. Here's an email. Yep. So, anyways, next up here, um, this is from the record.media. Ford drops attempt to patent technology to allow lenders to remotely meddle with cars. So, we talked about this article, or this, a couple of weeks back. Uh, Ford has abandoned its patent application for a controversial system that would take over vehicles uh, whose owners were delinquent in making payments and, in the case of self-driving cars, allow them to repossess themselves by driving to the repo lots, according to documents filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Recorded Future News has learned that the automaker quietly dropped its pursuit of the patent late last year after filing for it in February. Ford did not explain why it was withdrawing its application, but stopped responding to patent office queries, leading the application to be marked as abandoned on October 20th, according to the office. The spokesman regarding, uh, responding to a request for comment on the decision said Ford submits patents on a, quote, or on, quote, new inventions as a normal course of business, but they aren't necessarily an indication of a new business or product plans, unquote. The decision comes as automakers are facing increased scrutiny for their data collection or remote access policies for vehicles. The patent application explains technology that would allow a lender to have access to multiple systems within a car. Uh, 
If a person were late on payments, the lender could permanently lock the car, disable the steering wheel, brakes, and air conditioning, and cause annoyances like the playing sounds inside. Under the system described in the patent application, the financing agency's computer also could be connected to a smartphone um, owned by the driver. Ignoring messages about delinquent payments could lead to problems with the car. Uh, quote, when an acknowledgement is not received within a reasonable amount of time, the first, uh, the first lender's computer may disable a functionality of a component of the vehicle or may place the vehicle in a lockout condition, unquote, the patent application said. So, okay. What I want to point out about this, because they go on describing some more of this. Um, just because they're no longer pursuing a patent doesn't mean that the technology to do that wasn't developed. It could be that one of Ford's lawyers said there's too much pre-existing technology to continue pursuing it. Could have been bad press. Could have been a lot of things. But just because the patent no longer exists doesn't mean the technology no longer exists. It just means Ford can't charge every other automaker who tries to do it. Thoughts? Liability issues... If you're driving and your steering wheel locks up, really, <laughs> Ford's liable for that. We already have law that would let you go after Ford for defective product. Now they, in this case, they may be intentionally making their product defective. Are you anything on that before we go to the next article? Uh, it's, I don't know, man, like, see my statements with AI. Yep. Okay. Fair that's, enough. that's about it. Next up is from Ars Technica. Chrome updates incognito warning to admit Google tracks its users in private mode. Do I even need to read oh, the article? Shit. Dude, if you thought there was such thing as private mode, you're a fucking idiot. Google is updating the warning on Chrome's incognito mode to make it clear that Google and websites run by other companies can still collect your data in the web browser's semi-private mode. The change is being made as Google prepares to settle a class action lawsuit that accuses the firm of privacy violations regarding related to Chrome's incognito mode. The expanded warning was recently added to Chrome's Canary, a nightly build for developers. The warning appears to directly address one of the lawsuit's complaints that incognito mode's warning doesn't make it clear that Google collects data from users of private mode. Okay, if you're in private mode and you're still logging into your Google accounts, you might be missing the point. Uh, <laughs> and again, just to clarify, private mode, incognito mode, um, I think Firefox just calls it private mode, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, private window, incognito in Chrome, porn mode in some browsers, because I know some of the forks actually call it porn mode. Um, all it means... <laughs> nice. Oh, dude, one of the open source forks of Chrome... Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, I thought about covering the story when I saw it a couple of weeks ago, but it was so dumb. Uh, one of the open source forks of Chrome had an Easter egg in it that if you went to Chrome double slash yif, it showed you a furry porn picture. And people found it because the developer decided to remove it. So in the GitHub commit was the deletion of the hidden image and the uh, code to remove it. And the, most of the comments on it are, what the fuck? 
And apparently he had some websites with interesting material uh, cloned into the repo because the author of the open source fork um, accidentally cloned some, you know, was like downloading the contents of some websites and accidentally copying them into the repo. So it was like support files were getting loaded into everyone's web browser that was a clone of like a, a stop child abuse website and something else. But people got real upset real quick because they thought somebody might have been putting, you know, really bad things across their web browsers. And so when this fork of uh, Chrome started to get popular, the author decided to clean some of this stuff up and people were looking at the commits going, the hell? <laughs> what was this? <laughs> so you've got to watch out for some of this stuff. But yeah, so to be clear, what incognito mode actually does is it just means the browser is not saving a cache or history records of visiting the web pages. Everything else on your network still happens. So if you have somebody, you know, if you're on a corporate network and they're running a proxy and you go into incognito mode, that proxy is still going to log every website you go to. If you have, um, if you're running up a, a pie hole and you're logging every DNS entry, and you go into incognito mode, guess what? That pie hole still is going to log every DNS request you make. So somebody's going to be able to see that you were requesting all of these. I, I don't even know. Uh, Pornhub.com, whatever. They'll see those registers in the log that you were going to these websites, even though you were in incognito mode. It just means that the history of the browser and the cache files on the local hard drive won't show that you went there. Everything else still will. I just look at it this way, Morps. If uh, you're not prepared to tell your parents about the porn you watch, maybe you shouldn't be watching it. I'm just saying. There's an awkward conversation. No, but if you get caught, you know, say fucking something happens, you end up in court and they're reading out your fucking history. Like, are your parents going to disown you? Like, how bad is the porn you're looking at? We didn't realize he was looking at such boring material. We're so ashamed. <laughs> Yeah, like, fuck it. I'd hope it, you know, it's pretty vanilla. Ankles! They, even... they were looking at ankles and people holding <laughs> hands, those monsters! Actually, I don't think I want my parents to know I look at ankle porn. It's a little too close to the foot shit, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah, shit could get weird quick, couldn't it? I don't even know if you can get an ankle vagina. It, uh, Wait, what? Yeah, I... Be doing shit on your computer that you can't have written out in court. <laughs> no, Your Honor, I want this read for the record while I stare at the jury uncomfortably. <laughs> Damn right, man. Like I'll, I'll own my history any day of the week. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I want you to read all of these topics on 4chan. I want you to read them all. Oh, that's that's the most disturbing part about it because I'm just browsing poll all fucking day. <laughs> I want them to re-look re at every image I fucking looked at on that board. Yeah, magnify it by 10. Put it up there. <laughs> Zoom in that... there. Explain yeah. it. I want experts <laughs> to explain this shit because I don't understand it either. Can we just... <laughs> I mean, you're gonna be, it's going to be Fluffy Bunny with a uh, little chicken. Uh... Man loses head Afghanistan. <laughs> Bambi frolicking. You know, I have performance vehicle. You know, man loses arm in car accident. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. Like, if you think these the poor kids on... Text. 
if you think these poor kids got traumatized on Discord, holy fuck, the courtroom's going to need therapy after going through mine. It'd be like one of Madman's former roommates where, you know, he had his browser. I don't remember the whole story, but something about sending his browser history to his priest and you all found out about it and decided to have some fun. Oh, is he trying to beat porn addiction with uh, help? Yes. And he didn't let one of his buddies know, and he just gave him uh, the password to his computer so that he could play his Steam games and, you know, normal computer stuff. And uh, while we were at work, someone went to Motherless. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Awkward conversations with the clergy in three, two. (laughs) Fucking amazing. All right. The last article I have for tonight, I had another one after this, but I'm going to skip it because I just saw the clock. Last article I have for tonight is from markets.businessinsider.com. Coinbase tells judge that buying crypto is just like buying beanie babies. Uh, no. Coinbase told the judge that buying cryptocurrencies is just like collecting beanie babies. The crypto exchange is facing a lawsuit from the SEC accusing it of selling unregistered securities. But according to Coinbase, cryptocurrencies are more similar to collectibles than they are to stocks or bonds. Buying cryptocurrencies is just like buying Beanie Babies, a Coinbase lawyer told the judge on Wednesday. Coinbase is facing... I read this part. Uh, Coinbase lawyer William Savitt said that a cryptocurrency is bought. The buyer doesn't gain any rights like they do when they buy stocks or bonds. Quote, it's the difference between buying Beanie Babies Inc. and buying Beanie Babies. Unquote, Savitt argued. In addition to the crypto sector, the court case could have wide-ranging implications for the collectibles market, depending on how U.S. Judge, uh, U.S. District Judge Catherine Polk Falia rules on the case. Quote, I am presented with the specter of collectibles being regulated by the SEC, unquote, Falia said. Uh, this goes on to explain Beanie Babies and some other aspects of the market. I just love the comparison being made by a Coinbase lawyer in court. Well, I've noticed uh, Bitcoin's cooled down a bit over the run that it had this week. Oh, did it? I haven't looked. Yeah. Let's just see. Price it's cooled of a bit. BTC. Not much, but uh, it's yeah. Not, it's oh, yeah. No, it's it's down, down to 40. Because it was up at, what, 43, something like that? 41.3? Yeah, it made some good gains in the last couple of weeks. but. Uh, oh, I'm only looking at a like day. Here we go. Let's look at... Uh, off a bit. Oh, yeah. No, okay. To, yep. uh, gotta go out to six months what you really see yeah because it was up at 46 on the ninth it's still doing well for the six months yeah but yeah it's cooled off a bit yep so madman you were supposed to tell me when to sell my bitcoin dude what's up uh i was watching the chevron deference case (laughs) fair enough (laughs) let's do this just to close out tonight because i did just you know see that i'm like got a minute um this website is collection.museumoffailure.com and this is the museum of failures collection and it is literally products that failed in the market and articles about them and it's really interesting to scroll through and read 
because like they've got stuff on here like Laserdisc, Philips Video, the Boeing 737 Max, Barnes and Noble Nook, 3D TV, HD DVD. Um, they've got some different categories on here: tech, foods, health, historic, silly, other. Let's go silly. What do we got? We vibe vibrator. Imagine real sex via the internet. Oh, okay. Yeah, was that? Was that? That was one of those vibrators we joked about people getting uh, hacked over the internet. The Q cat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else we got? Electric face mask. Oh, that sounds safe. The Donald Trump the game. Okay, I guess it's a version of Monopoly that's made for Donald Trump. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the spray on condom. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> Uh, Colgate beef lasagna. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Anyways, this website's hilarious. Um, but that's all I got. <laughs> of course, listen to the stream. We're always working up here taking every Thursday. The Galaxy 15 radio site, the BBS, uh, Madman closing thoughts. If it doesn't take you more than three days to scrub your dick clean after a spray on condom, don't trust it. Ow. <laughs> Are, are you closing thoughts? Uh, I just can't believe the uh, phone finger didn't take off. Uh, you know, a forefinger and thumb glove for your phone so you don't get prints on the screen. You know... I'm shocked. I, I, I could see that. I could see that. So I'm shocked. <sighs> oh, the conductivity, though, where they were running into problems. I bet your phone didn't always register it. Yeah, this is actually a pretty interesting site. Yeah, I was getting a kick out of it earlier, so... Hmm. Uh, that out Apple there. made a fucking console? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they made a gaming oh. console. It flopped hard. Yeah, that's interesting. So. All right, end the show. All right. Thank you for your continuing patience during this transitional... Satisfaction is very important to us. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. Man, I'm sorry about this. I hope this doesn't ruin your day.